UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Best for Shoot Code Sports. I'm your host, Nicole Monique. Thanks for joining me today. I want to welcome all those to the All In Sports Talk Radio. You're going to get the best in sports 24-7. Remember, folks, to enjoy our app, our website, and like us on Facebook. And be sure to listen to us every day, Monday through Friday from 5 to 6, to listen to our flagship, flagship show, if I could talk today, TSPN. So, again, I want to welcome everybody. How are you doing? How's your week been going? I am so excited uh, about our guest today. Um, he is the guest publisher of UMGoBlue.com by fans for fans, established in 1999 for Michigan Wolverines. You know I'm always excited about the Michigan Michigan uh, team. Um, UMGoBlue.com was one of the first fan websites to be issued a press credential. Gosh, I'm tongue tied today, folks. By Major Division One Athletic Department. So everybody, let's put your hands together for Bill. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Phil, great how to be. Doing? Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Well, uh, thank you so much again for joining. And uh, I, <laughs> excuse me, I apologize between allergies and everything else that's going on. I guess I'm just choked up because I'm excited that we're going to have a conversation about Michigan. It's very rare that I can get somebody else on the phone to have a really good conversation about Michigan. So, needless to say. I'm thrilled about that and thrilled again to have you on the show. Um, so before we get started, I do want to talk just a little NFL, you know, before we get to our college football. I wanted to find out, do you have an NFL team? Oh, do we have an NFL team? Let's see. You know, even though I grew up in Michigan, um, I think everyone knows that the Lions really aren't an NFL team. So I adopted... <laughs> I adopted the next closest team, and that's and that's Chicago. So uh, I am a Bears fan, and, and uh, I am in uh, Cutler Morning. So I, uh, I I don't know, uh, you know, as excited as as many people were in Chicago to see Jay Cutler come, um, what we're seeing is about what I expected. So so I'm very sad as a Bears fan, but as I tell all the Lions fans around me, at least we know what a Super Bowl is, and we've been there. <laughs> So, <laughs> right, 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 right. That's funny that you said that because I always have to apologize to people too. Growing up, I was a Bulls fan, and you know how hard it is to be a Bulls fan in a house of people who are Pistons fans, especially when the Pistons are winning. So, definitely, I feel your pain on that one. Um, so, what are your thoughts? Um, obviously, Cutler, you know, he's hurt his thumb. It's not looking too good for the Bears. What are your thoughts on the NFL the past couple of weeks? You know, I have to tell you, the biggest story out of the NFL, you know, there's two big stories. There's the Tom Brady suspension, which, of course, we pay attention here because he's one of our own. And I'll tell you, the Colin Kaepernick story. Right. I mean, the Colin Kaepernick story <laughs> is is really the cloud over the NFL right now. And, uh, you know, I, I tell everybody, you know, it's funny because we get all bent out of shape if a play goes the wrong way during a game and we go to, we think video replay is great, you know. And a lot of times video replay confirms what the referees see. You know, as much as people are upset at Kaepernick, I mean, really what we're talking about is policemen are the referees of our society. And if they get a call wrong with a gun, 
you know, sometimes somebody gets hurt. So I, I think that right. um, as much as we want to focus what's on the field, I mean, especially now at the beginning of the season, um, really that's the biggest issue for me. I mean, the response around the NFL, the different teams supporting, the different um, you know teams not supporting him. I mean, the big thing about what he's doing is it's I, I support what he's doing, and I also support the people who are criticizing him. I mean, really. He's not doing anything on the field. He hasn't done anything on the field in a couple of seasons. So this is kind of a, a larger cultural discussion. So um, it, it's very interesting. Well, that's what I find interesting. Yeah, and that's what I find interesting because if people knew anything about the First Amendment, what he's doing is the whole reason why we have it. And if you criticize him, that's great. That's, again, that's your opinion. You know what I mean? I think it's the, the, the back and forth. It's interesting to me, but you hit it on the head, Bill. When Kaepernick was finally noticed, it was the third game. It was the third preseason game. You know what I mean? So it's kind of one of those things where it wasn't even that big of a deal, a big of a deal until somebody asked him a question, and then all hell broke loose. It was like, oh God, okay, we're going to talk about this all year. Yeah, so, and it's interesting. Let me get your take on. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, you're seeing you're seeing high school teams follow. And again, what's important is the dialogue on both sides. And you know, right. I, I mean, one of the big things I, I say whenever we talk about freedom of speech is it's not free. You sh- there should be repercussions exactly. for when you say something. I mean, you know, if you just said something yeah. and there was no repercussions, where where would the courage be? So he's taking flat. Right. The people who are, you know, the dialogue on both sides, people are taking flack both ways. And, and again, like you said, this is, uh, you know, sports some, sometimes transcends what happens on the field. It, it's, a, it's a place where people of different dialogues come together. I mean, one of the big things we say about, you know, Michigan football is, you know, Michigan has the history of being a very liberal campus. And there are also a huge, mm-hmm. a huge contingent of conservative, you know, students and working class people, and they all come together for football. It's the one time you don't care what religion or creed the person next to you is. But you know, during right. the during right. the downtime, it's a great opportunity. You know, hey, we share this love of football, and it's a place we can come together and talk about other things. And and I think it's one of the really amazing things about sports. So. To me, yeah, you know. Well, and, and sorry. No, I was going to say no. You, you, you hit it on the head. It's really sad that we can't come forward about a game, and we can all, you know, we can sit in a sports bar and, and read a chair, or you know, give each other a hard time with other. But when it comes to other issues, we don't want to say anything, or we want to fight, or we want to talk about, you know, we just want to. We, we just everybody's uncomfortable, and I'm like, okay, but. We can actually, I mean, I have friends who, you know, God forbid, they're from Ohio, they're Ohio State fans, but we just don't joke and kid each other and kind of rib each other on social media. But it's like, but if, if we can't have a conversation outside of sports, this was really sad. You know, and our society was built on an idea of the marketplace of ideas. And it's these contrasting mm-hmm. opinions and going back and forth. And uh, again, even if he's wrong, you know, I like the, the saying, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Um, it, it's a chance to talk, you have a dialogue. Yeah. And, and again, like I said, people will get all bent out of shape if, if a ref misses a touchdown call. Oh, we got to go to the, we got to go to the replay. Right. And, but, but they get out, well, you know, 
there's this replay showing what police you know do and don't do. And you know the reality is, is that most policemen do the right thing most of the time. And unfortunately, the the, the instances we have of video of, of people you know not doing the right thing or being put in a difficult situation. Uh, you know, takes the forefront. And again, it, it's, you know, I have friends who are police officers. It's a really tough job. And I think that, um, you know, you really have to look at it from both sides. But definitely there are things we need to do as a society. And, um, you know, Copperdick isn't doing anything on the field. And, you know, he, he's kind of the lightning rod for this moving forward. Yeah, well, I think, I think you said it best as far as, you know, it's, it's these, excuse me, folks, sorry about that, it's these instances, you know, just like there's good people, there's bad people, but at the end of the day, I'd like to think there's definitely more good people in the world and more people trying to do the right thing than the bad thing, but it's just those who do the bad thing, you know, if it doesn't go right, you know, it gets highlighted, I think that's just in the age we're in now, as far as, too, with, with social media. Um, we, we get the news faster, not saying it's always right, but we definitely get it faster, so... But so I think everything you said was definitely well said. Um, you touched on Tom Brady. Uh, were you were you there when he was at the the last Michigan game or oh, just last weekend? Oh, oh, I was there, and, and I'll tell you that Tom Brady is a personal <laughs> favorite of mine. Um, you know, there's a story at ESPN today that talks about um, how this was kind of a homecoming for Tom Brady that. There were some bad feelings from when he was a player here. And the very first paragraph talks about him being a Michigan football player and during a, a fan day, only a few people coming up to him and asking for his autograph and there being a whole line of people waiting in line for Drew Henson, who he competed with at the time. And what's funny is that's a story that I wrote. And, and I tell everybody that story that, um, you know, uh, the previous season, I had taken a really great picture of Tom Brady playing, and there were three players, and I and the very next media, they called it Media Fan Day, I went around and tried to get all three players to autograph it, and I couldn't find Tom Brady. And then I look, and he's standing by himself on the sideline, and, and I walked up to him and had about a five-minute conversation with him, and he was great. But come to find out, when he tells that story, he was really, really irritated by the fact that, you know, even though he, he had a really great collegiate career, that all the hype was around somebody else. And, you know, I always like to say that, you know, you have Drew Henson at Michigan and Drew Bledsoe at New England, and I wonder if the two, if the two Drews get together and talk about how they, they were both better than Tom Brady at one time and, and you know, have a little, have a little pity party together. Because uh, they were both superseded by Tom. So do you think Tom. that's why? So do you think? So do you think that's why it took Tom a long time to come back? Because they had mentioned he hadn't been back on on the campus in a long time. You know what? What's interesting about that is that is not entirely true. Okay, if you remember, there is oh, okay. a there is okay. a video going around. Tom came back and addressed the team in the team room when Brady Hoke was coach. Okay. And I know for a fact that Tom has been back for games. Now, was he honored in a public way? Was he on the sidelines? And, you know, I, I, I understand it was a really great story, and I understand the angle they're taking. And, of course, I haven't had a chance to talk to Tom. But, like, for example, whenever Tom was in town playing with the Patriots, um, he would have his favorite restaurant in Ann Arbor cater a meal at the hotel, you know, for his linemen. 
and it, it's a place right here in town, a little a little restaurant. So I mean, I know that Tom has a good relationship with a lot of people on campus, um, and and I I wonder if it's the uh, if it's the quote unquote with the administration maybe the case. But again, there's a video going around. Tom addressed the team under Brady Hoke. So I think that they might have leaned a little right. bit hard. You know, again, I understand the angle they're trying to take. But I will tell you this, and you'll appreciate this as a Bulls fan. You know, Michael Jordan showed up, uh, you know, the very first game, and that was an anathema for me. I okay? saw that. I, I, my skin was crawling, yeah. okay? And, and Michigan, you know, and I told people, I said, well, <laughs> I go, I guess... If, if the United States and Germany and Japan can be allies after World War II, I guess we can forgive Michael Jordan. It's hard for me. It's going to be tough for me to live in this world. Um, and, and he got a great cheer. But the cheer that Michael Jordan got was nothing compared to the cheer that Tom Brady got. I mean, that the place shook. I'm sure. So that was that was good to see. In, in my world, the world was righted. You know, I was able to see that every everything yeah. was good with the world. Um and again, you know, there was a really great point where he played catch on the field with Jim Harbaugh. And, uh, you know, we. I saw that too. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and it was great because, uh, you know, even Jim Harbaugh mentioned afterwards, he said, yeah, it was, it was a thrill up there with him playing catch with his dad. I mean, it was really, uh, he really appreciated the moment. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because Jim Harbaugh talks about Rick Leach being one of his heroes, Rick Leach being, you know, a, a quarterback that was before him. Um, you know, he, w- he was a young guy on the sidelines. You know, his dad was a coach, so he was around the team. And he definitely watched Rick Leach play, and, and you know, he admired him. But i got to believe that, that looking back and seeing the career that Tom Brady has had and the success, that, that you know, he, he appreciates that, you know, what Tom has done. You know, because, again, Jim was a pretty decent NFL quarterback. And you know he knows what it takes to to be successful, and, and Tom has been successful, you know, in, in ways that you know right. nobody has. You know, he's he's one of the the, the best players ever. So let me ask you, so what has impressed you about Michigan so far? You know, um, I get on my end. It's so early in the season, but if I was talking about Alabama or if I was an SEC fan, I'm sure nobody would be questioning that. But every time I you know, I'm down here in the south and in Atlanta. Every time I bring up Michigan or some of the Big Ten areas, it's so early. Whatever, folks. <laughs> so I want to hear from you, Bill. What has impressed you about Michigan so far? You know, what's really interesting about this team is that there is a swagger and a comfort level that this team has off mm-hmm. the field that I've never seen. Um, you know, okay, so if you look back, you know, under Rich Rod, under Brady Hoke, there's a lot of pressure playing for Michigan. There's there's a ton of pressure when you're not doing well. And you could really see the players tightening up and, and being afraid of what they were going to say. And these guys are comfortable in their own skin. And Jim lets them be who they are. And, and, he, and they all say that, that Harbaugh kicks their butt in practice and kind of uh, worked the team really hard last year to kind of work, find out who wanted to be there. But he's letting them be who they are off the field. So it's really interesting to talk to these guys because you're getting some really honest feedback. You know, you're not getting the canned, you know, yes, we got to play every game one at a time. We got, you know, you know it, it, you're not getting the cliches. And, and, and I'll tell you, one of the funnest things yeah. is one of the offensive linemen, Eric Magnuson, okay, has touted himself as the dark horse at quarterback. 
Like, like every other time he meets with the press, he talks about how he's going to take the job away from the other quarterback. And, and it's just, it's kind of a fun, it's a fun thing. Like, uh, this week he came out and they asked him how he was doing. And, he, and you know, we said, well, when are you going to see your, your game introduction? He said, well, I think they're saving me as a, as a surprise for the Big Ten season. And it's just, it's, it's a really fun thing. You can see these guys uh, right. really enjoying the experience. And, and, and I think that you see that. I mean, you know, Michigan was down 14 to nothing against Colorado. Nobody saw that happening. And, um, you know, it's funny because in the pregame, everything went wrong. Uh, Michigan's drum major does this right. little stunt where they come out and they touch their, their hat to the turf. They lean back. And we have a new drum major, and she stumbled doing it. And we're like, oh, that's not that's not a good sign. And then, you know, the, the, the honor guard raised the flag, and the flag wrapped around the flagpole. And we're like, boy, that's not good. That's another bad sign. And then Michigan's down 14 to nothing, and we're like, wow. <laughs> the, you know, the, the, the sky has fallen in. Um, but, but, but the right. thing is, you could see Harbaugh. He's like, okay, guys, you got punched in the face. What are you going to do now? And, you know, there was also an instance where Wilton Spate got hit really hard. And he got, he, he got dumped on his shoulder, and you could see he was hurting, and you could see that he wasn't himself. And Harbaugh, you know, said, listen, I left him out there. His team had to see how he responded. And he worked through it, and he, and he worked back. So, you know, he, you know, Harbaugh had a great quote. He said, listen, this isn't a track. This is football. That's part of the game. And right. he's, he right. challenges the team. The team is responding. And, you know, one of the things I've always wondered is, you know, in, in my secret life, I would have loved to have played football for Michigan. And I talk to these guys with a certain amount of admiration for them being student athletes, because I did go to Michigan. I understand the academic load, and, and I see the time they put in. And sometimes I wonder mm-hmm. if they've enjoyed it, okay, in past teams. I look at these guys, they're loving every minute of it. And, and it's good to see because, again, they put in a lot of work, and it's – you know, Harbaugh is tough but fair, and right. it, it's really yeah. interesting to see these guys. I mean, there's gen- I mean, listen, they loved Brady Hoke, okay, but it's interesting to see some of these same players just kind of have a level of warmth and honesty and, and comfort that uh, it, a looseness and enjoying the game because it's you know Harbaugh says I love football. Football should be the best thing you do in life, you know. And I think that's one of the right, things that, right. that he tries to inspire. And you can see this really coming alive in the team. Well, it's interesting that you said that as far as the team has some sort of flag to it. I feel like Harbaugh is, has a little bit more flag to him this season. Um, I feel like he's truly enjoying it. It's like he's more relaxed. You know what I mean? I mean, even when he's up tight and he's mad. I mean, I've seen him before, you know, at Stanford, obviously, you know, with the 49ers, and just kind of seeing who he is. I don't know, he just seems like he's more relaxed. I don't know, if maybe some of the shenanigans in the offseason, you know, with him kind of rubbing Nick Saban from the coaches the wrong way, which I thought was was awesome. I love that. But he just seems a little bit more relaxed. Do you find that fans still buy into Harbaugh? Oh, listen. The players do. Harbaugh. Does the community still buy into him? Oh, this is, you know what, I, I think you have hit the nail right on the head. Harbaugh has reached a level of comfort. And I really noticed it right around Michigan signing day event. Okay, it was really evident. Mm-hmm. Um, the first year, you know, we, you know, the history of Harbaugh is the, all these explosive quotes. 
And his first year, it was like he didn't want to say anything. It was like he had like a, his his jaw wired shut. And you could almost see him gritting his teeth, not wanting to say anything, you know, inflammatory. Um, and then he reached a level of comfort. He knew his team. He kind of had a feel for it, and he's really opened himself up. Now, you know, how do the fans feel about him? I think that Harbaugh is on a honeymoon here that may last forever. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because a, a story broke this week where he released a commercial of where he's endorsing a milk product, okay? And and it's kind of the hokiest thing you've ever seen because he used to say, you know, there's a story going around that, you know, he wanted to be an NFL quarterback, so he drank tons of milk to grow tall enough to be a quarterback, right? So it's been kind of a, a funny story that he's mentioned every month, every, you know, every so often. Well, some companies paid him to endorse milk. So he does this kind of cheesy commercial. And all I could think of is that if Rich Rod or Brady Hoke had endorsed a product mid-season and then mentioned it in their press conference, and I mean, he mentioned it a couple of times, they would have been killed. I mean, I just can't imagine. And you hear everybody's just, oh, this is the best thing in the world. Jim is hilarious. We love Jim. And, and I think that's the thing that a lot of national people don't understand about Ann Arbor. I mean, and I remember, you know, at the time I was writing for Bleacher Report, and, and I had I had it on fairly good authority that Harbaugh was coming back, okay? You know, and I'm, I'm really, you know, a couple weeks ahead. And I was trying to, to pitch him, and they're like, no, no, there's no way that he'd come there. NFL, NFL rules, NFL is supreme. And, and what you don't get is that these are his people, okay? Harbaugh may have worn out his record, may have worn out his welcome in Stanford. He may have worn out his welcome in San Francisco, but they love him here. He is one of their own, and 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 again, it is he he can do no wrong right now. And now, you know, is that going to be unlimited? Does that mean he's here for the next twenty years? I mean, we've seen he's a pretty unpredictable guy, but it dawned on right. me. And you and you mentioned it. He enjoys this. He eats up every minute of this. Yeah. And, and the thing about Harbaugh is yeah, that he's, having a good time. he's authentic. He really loves this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, there was a point where I noticed I was talking about that signing day event. And, you know, there is a, 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 a skill level of dealing with the media that Harbaugh has that many coaches don't. And I think part of it comes from, hey, you know, he's been to a Super Bowl. That is the biggest media scrum you're ever going to see. He works on being good at everything. And he was in the middle of this of this media scrum for, for signing day. And I, I think you might have seen, I mean, signing day was just an immense event here. I mean, it was unbelievable the, the amount of production they had. And he literally was in the, you know, there's, there's a crowd around him. And he literally was just picking people out of the crowd. He answered every question. He didn't duck anything. He was ready. He was comfortable. I mean, and I was standing there watching, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is one of the the most masterful media sessions I've ever seen. And and he just, he's at that level. I mean, he just, he's comfortable with what he's doing. I think he knows what he has. And it's amazing because there are some coaches just who aren't, who don't like working with the media, who aren't good at it, um, or, or purposely try to shut the media down. I mean, you never know what you're going to get from him, but he's, he's, we're playing his right. game. We're playing his game, and he's good at it. And it, it's amazing to see. Yeah, he definitely he enjoys it. I mean, he enjoys what he's doing right now.
And, and, and that's what I love. And I think, and I think you all give him the benefit of the doubt. They always say, you know, he doesn't get along with folks and this and the other. But I'm like, but you know what? He's a master of what he's doing. And, and, and people fall for it. But, but it's, but it's good. You know, it's not like people fall for it and he's, you know, trying to get over it, folks. He, he's actually just really good at it. Um, so let me ask you, you know, obviously there was quite a few years of the Big Ten. I mean, it, it was a slump, right? I mean, you know, if we had, it, it collectively, if we didn't do well, I think we've gotten better over the past couple seasons. Um, do you feel like, in ter- you know, in terms of the other day, do you feel like the Big Ten is back? I do feel like that. Actually, I feel like that last season, when it was talk about the first season, do you feel like that's still like the Big Ten is kind of making a, making a turn and we're making a comeback? Oh, the Big Ten is back. And, and you know, I really think it came back when Ohio State squeaked into the BCS, or I'm sorry, into the playoff, and won the national championship with their third-string quarterback. I mean, that's the, I mean, the right. level. So you had Ohio State back. Michigan State has been back. And now you have Michigan rising. I mean, you have three premier programs. And not only are they back nationally, but they are back just as entertainment in the Big Ten. I mean, I really hope that Meyer sticks around for 10 years, that Antonio sticks around for 10 years, that Harbaugh sticks around for 10 years, because this is another golden era of Big Ten football. I mean, this is, and especially here in Ann Arbor, we're at ground zero for the sports world right now. When Harbaugh says something or does something, it's a national, maybe even international story. I mean, he's taking his camps out of the country. And to have that attention on the conference is good for everybody. You know, I always use the analogy of when Tiger Woods was winning, it brought more eyes to everyone in golf. It brought more money to everyone. And other golfers may have may have right. criticized him. But look at golf now. I mean, golf is huge. And, and even though Tiger has kind of receded into the background, he helped boost golf up to a level. And, you know, one of the stories I always like to tell people is, you know, when my, my daughter's in uh, college age now, but when she was a little kid, we would flip channels, and she'd say, hockey, football. Basketball, and then we, you know, we took the channel. She had to guess the sport. Golf came on. Tiger Woods, and that was exactly to her. Golf, you know, as a toddler, golf was Tiger Woods, and 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 again, that kind of attention brought things. And that's what Harbaugh's doing. I mean, people can cringe at him doing these camps all over God's green earth and, and doing milk commercials, but he is bringing more attention to the Big Ten. He's bringing more attention to college football, and I'll tell you, I love college football. I, I, you know, I can talk a little NFL, but my sport and you know the reason I'm I am, you know I'm in Ann Arbor is for college football, and it is just you know I'm just sitting here with my thing of popcorn, just watching the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let me ask you. Um, so we talked about you know Michigan, what you're impressed with so far. Is there any particular game, if you look in their schedule, or any games that kind of worries you this season? Is there anything? I mean, you know, we kind of have the usual suspects. I, I get it. Everybody keeps saying, oh, we're going to go to East Lansing or, you know, Ohio State. But, you know, Colorado gave us a stare. Do you see anything on the schedule you're kind of like, this, that could be the one, like that could be the one loss? You know, I, I hate to say this. I hate to, it's going to sound trite. But the two games, the only two games that matter right now are Michigan State and Ohio State. And I would say okay. between the two, it's Michigan State. Because 
Okay. Yeah. Let's look back. In Hoke's first year, he beat Ohio State. Next year, he had success against Notre Dame and Michigan State. Okay. Right now, Harbaugh is 0-2 against rivals. And he plays both of those teams on the road this year. And, you know, Michigan talks about wanting to compete for a national championship and a Big Ten championship. You cannot be either of those things if you're not the champion of your state. And, you know, one of the things that, that we have to contend with as a program is that Michigan State has kicked our butt for the majority of the last six or seven years. And even, even the game that Hope yeah, won was, really a, was a last-second field goal. And I will tell you, having been up there on the turf watching the game, the last time we were up in East Lansing, uh, it was over before the game even started. Okay? So it was, it was a physical, dominating, um, you know, and then you have that, that you know, as, as time expired, victory from the jaws of defeat that Michigan State did to really stick it to, to Michigan last year. I mean, and again, right. I mean, really, if Michigan goes 10-2 and two this year, regular season, and loses to Michigan State and Ohio State, it will be a failure. It's that bad. And, and again, if you're, if, yeah. if, if you're looking nationally, okay, everybody is looking to, to knock down Harbaugh a few pegs. If you, so let's just say they don't beat Michigan State and Ohio State. He's 0-4 in rivalry games. And that, you know, again, nobody is going to build a statue to you for beating Colorado. Nobody is going to remember you for beating, you know, putting hanging 60 on Hawaii. What you are remembered for here right. is Michigan State and Ohio State. And I'll tell you, it's it's the cloud over everything because Michigan State. So, so let me ask. Let Michigan me ask State's you a then, great program. If he can, if he, yeah. Let me. So let me ask you. Let's say he beats Michigan State, but he doesn't beat Ohio State, and he goes like one and one in that regard. Is that? Do you think that that would still kind of give them some, you know, would it still be okay, or do you feel like it's like, like you just said, it has to be, you got to be both of them, it's all or nothing? I think the bare minimum is you you got to split. And I, and I will tell you that, like, last year, heading into the season, I told people, I said, listen, if he splits with Michigan State and Ohio State, you should throw him a parade because mm-hmm. the odds are really stacked against him. <laughs> okay. This year, the, right. the minimum is you got. In my mind, you got to split because if you don't split, how do you really prove that you've? How do you show real, tangible improvement if you can't beat your rivals? Okay, and and look back historically. Right. The reason that I'm kind of dismissing Ohio State right now is really Michigan almost always plays Ohio State tough. Okay, even in games they lose. It's usually competitive. It's usually, I mean, that game, usually they bring out the best in both teams, Michigan State or Michigan and Ohio State. But I'll tell you, Michigan State, I've been up there. They've kicked, they've kicked our butt. I mean, they have, they have dominated. And to me, that's, that kind of, it sticks in your craw. Because again, in, in Michigan, you know, Lansing's just down the road. We see a lot more Michigan State people than even Ohio State people. And really, if you step back nationally, this is the golden era of Michigan State football. They are, they are as powerful as they've ever been. And it's yeah. great for Harbaugh to be rising up. But, again, you know, Michigan State been, has been dominant. 
I mean, I mean, I remember maybe ten years ago we would joke about whether you know that that maybe Central Michigan was Michigan State's biggest rival because Central had bitten them you know right. two games and we we would kind of give them a hard time. There's no joking about it right now. I mean, Michigan State is for yeah. real. And, again, that's what's so great as a fan is that you have Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan, all all national powers. Michigan is the one that's rising that needs to prove that they are they are worth all the hype that Harbaugh's been getting. And I'll tell you, you see, like, you, you see a player like Jabril Peppers, and, I mean, that, that guy's amazing. It's oh, amazing. he is an awesome watch. Yeah, I, I love it. Well, let me tell you, I um, I grew up in East Lansing, so I get grief all the time. But see, my dad went to Michigan, and I had family went to Michigan when I was really little. We lived in Ann Arbor before, you know, before I went to East Lansing. So that's why Michigan always been my team. But I always get the grief. How did you grow up in East Lansing? Okay, just relax. Trust me, it's always been me and blue. So, <laughs> and I'm good with that. I'm, I'm raising my son to be a Michigan fan. So. <laughs> I am good with that. All right, so, so here's the question. Can Michigan win a national championship? I believe they can. And I'll tell you, this team, what's interesting is, you know, when I look at this team, right now uh, there's some questions on defense and there's some questions on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. But I look at this team top to bottom, and they are they have dangerous weapons. In all three phases of the game, and the biggest, the most dangerous weapon is Jabril Peppers. I mean, the, the, you know, Harbaugh talked yeah. in his press conference. You know, he named eleven or twelve positions that Peppers has played for them in practice, and he says, and he does them all well. He does them. So you have a guy who who has incredible stamina. He plays, you know, everywhere, um, and then you have skill in in, in the defensive backfield. Um, you have a defensive line that is a little dinged up, but looks like it's getting healthier. And, and again, this team can do it. This team can make the playoffs. This team can do it. Now, they're going to be tested. I mean, again, they got to go up to Lansing. And, and again, like I said, it's it's that's not a that's not a fun place to play. It hasn't been a fun place to play for them. But I'll tell you, Harbaugh lives right. for those kind of challenges. I mean, I, I you know he'll say, you know. Our next game is the most important one. Um, he, he's got that game circled. You know, he has that game, especially after the way they stole the game. I mean, amazingly, last year, you, you can be uh, guaranteed. Yeah, I'm still yeah. Oh, and you can be guaranteed that uh, that that will. You know, the, the amazing thing about a coach in Carball is I can guarantee that if he coaches for another 40 years, they will never lose another game that way. I mean, he, they will never. He will make sure his punter understands. Eat the ball. <laughs> it will never ever happen like that. Um, but you know, you learn. You know, pretty much, pretty much. You know, and again, there were the the tough thing is we're going to be seeing that replay for the next forty years. So um, hopefully, right. hopefully right. the team can do something to 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 erase it moving forward. That I would love that because it's it was a very haunting moment for me to you know to see that as a fan and covering it because you know just just. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, Phil, let me tell you, this is been, I have truly enjoyed, um, and thank you for all those who are listening to indulge us uh, in this conversation about Michigan. Like I said, I don't get this a lot, so this is this has been a treat for me. Um, definitely want you back, especially after we beat Michigan State or uh, and Ohio State. I'm putting some good, 
some good vibes out there because I think, like you said, this is the year. And um, just definitely just exciting. Just exciting to watch. So, so where can people find you, um, you know, read your blog and listen to your podcast? All right. Um, my website is umgoblue.com. And um, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, or you can get get them on, on on the website. So really, that's the place. We have a Facebook group. We have a large Twitter following. Um, so uh, just just search for umgoblue.com, and uh, you'll find us. And and you can read our content, participate in our forums, and uh, just follow along. On again, what I tell people, we are following the biggest story, one of the biggest stories in sports. Uh, what Jim Harbaugh is doing here. Definitely awesome. So thank you so much again for being on the show. And like I said, look forward to having you back. And anytime we can have a Michigan conversation, you know where you, where you can go. Excellent. I look forward to it. All right. Thanks, Phil. Okay. Thank you. Muted. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.